Welcome to another episode of Tink Chats. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Eugene. I'm Andy. So we're going to jump into a topic that is kind of interesting today. Yeah. Uh, it's museums and artifacts. Yeah. Uh, how 3D printing is changing the museum landscape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, I guess cataloging artifacts. So mm-hmm. you did a lot of the research on this one, Andy. Yes, so I did. Yeah. I'll let you take, take over and I'll well, see if I can plug in my own opinions on some of these. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been doing a lot of digging on this and actually a lot of museums are utilizing 3D printing more than, more than we thought. Uh, the first place that I looked into was uh, Victoria and Albert Museum, and that's located in London. Um, they are using 3D printing in a very unique way. Instead of uh, using 3D printing to replicate like the original structures, uh, sculptures, or, or stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, they actually use a 3D scanner or someone models it, so they have a digital, uh, digital sculpture of the... I guess the artifact Mm -hmm. and afterwards they bring it into um, a a children's hospital and then they let them interact with this digital uh, digital um, file of the artifact and then the children then can use that and add it into their own designs oh that's kind of interesting so so something actually that's really cool one of the school districts that we work with really, really mm-hmm. closely, I believe it was Surrey, uh-huh. um, they actually did something similar to us, with us uh, oh. as well. They brought a uh, Aboriginal kind of artifact that mm-hmm. they were working with uh, First Nations uh, individuals, and they wanted us yeah. to 3D scan that so that the students oh. can interact uh-huh. uh, with, uh, well, with the replicated articles. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it kind of feels like that. Mm-hmm. Right where you know museums are changing. Yeah. Um, do you remember going to a museum when you were younger? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where you want to touch and it's bright big red sign that says please Usually do not touch. There's a huge gap in between, especially for the one that I went to. When I was younger, I, I lived in Calgary, so I went yeah. to Drumheller. That's the that's the place that's famous for dinosaur fossils. Mm-hmm. And you know, dinosaur fossils fascinating for kids. Yeah. But then yeah. it was just so far away. Then you, you can't really interact with it. You don't actually get to touch it or anything. You don't like. It's just a different experience. You, it's more of a viewing experience, yeah. and I think it's mm-hmm. transforming into a hands-on experience. Yeah, right. It's really playing on that fascination for whoever's visiting. It could be yeah. kids, it could be adults, it could be whoever's mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and actually touching it. And I think what's really cool is they're bringing it outside of the museum. So yes. children's hospitals typically there are certain scenarios where children are actually in those facilities for mm-hmm. an extended period of time. Yes. And so education still needs to occur. Yeah. Uh, so why not replicate something that is very mm-hmm. close and yeah. bring it there? I think it's, I would have wanted that. I think a lot of yeah. kids would have wanted that. Yeah. Um, and if that's the direction that the museums are going with any of these artifacts and or relics, I'm going to call it relics, mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. We need more of this. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's for this uh, museum in London. They're they're taking what what I think was a very unique approach. Mm-hmm. Um, if we dial back to uh, this museum of history, I think it was called Mama Manacor Museum of History, mm-hmm. and that's actually located in Spain. Uh, they have their collection of artifacts. 
are actually um, some of them are actually 3D printed objects. Mm -hmm. So that will allow the guests to be more interactive with them. So instead of taking the real artifact out um, and people can't touch it in, in case anything breaks or anything, they uh, 3D print a fake one. Yeah, that's one. Well, very close to original one. Um, using, I, I'm guessing they use um, more exotic materials for it as well, just to make the color. touch, color, yeah. everything more similar to the original thing. And then they allow their guests to interact with them. You know what's actually fascinating? A lot of the times people think about 3D printing as what we know 3D mm -hmm. printing as, yeah. which is filament-centric printing. Yeah. Um, so you're typically left with a single color, and then mm -hmm. somebody has to do post-processing, yes. paint it, sand it, whatever. But there is, in fact, technologies that allow you to print in full color. You literally get a part that has all the color data of the original. It's not the one where it's like a FDM printer, but then it injects like six different colors in? No, it's powder centric. Okay. And they use a binder that has color and then they oh, mix man. it like oh, inkjet. Yeah, yeah. They literally mix it like inkjet. Uh -huh. And so it's not the most durable mm -hmm. material, but it will give you very high quality prints and yeah. it will give you the color data. So, you know. If an artifact is kind of brown in color because it has oxidated yeah. and rusted over time, it's going to capture all that. It's going to mm -hmm. capture the divots. It's going to capture the different colors. And if you were to hold them up side by side, you can obviously tell which one is the original. Yeah. But the replica will be so close uh -huh. that... For partly from if you put it up far, no, no one actually... You would probably looks. not be able to tell. Yeah. And so... That's probably the right technology. Um, I the, the original technology for that was called 3DP. So, oh, wait, yeah. you know, 3D printing technology, yeah. but it's powder. A lot of people have played with Gibson and yeah. other materials. But yeah, the binder is mm. color. It's, mm. you can, imagine what you can do with paper. Yeah. You can do with this. Well, I'm thinking with this whole binder with different colors, if it does fail, It'll probably get very messy, wouldn't it? Oh, I don't I'm think I've ever guessing. seen a failed print from Binder Jet. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when it does fail, you will probably still get the same failure you would get with FDM. Everything mm -hmm. is kind of offset and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go on a slant yeah. that the, the original model wasn't intended to do. But then I'm just guessing with all the color stuff, it might... You know what's fascinating? What? So when you print in powder, everything yeah. is... Once it's done, you have to kind of excavate it out like an artifact, yeah. right? So there's something weird going on <laughs> with relics, artifacts, yeah. you know, you dig it out, mm -hmm. you process it, and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you're doing 3D printing with it, mm -hmm. and now you gotta do, repeat the whole entire process again. Yeah. Not that it was intentional that it was to be done that way, yeah. but the technology affords, so it's mm -hmm. actually built, when it's built, it's actually not free-floating like filament-centric machines, it's, it's encased in the powder mm -hmm. that it's yeah. printed in, and so, Again, I've never seen a failed print from mm -hmm. a 3D pre machine or a, yeah. a powder bed, but... Well, I'm, I'm sure there, there's... Nothing's perfect. No, I, I, <laughs> and I, I don't think it's going to be that yeah. dramatic of a mm -hmm. failure, um, you know, short of machine actually failing it in, its, yeah. in itself, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's an art mm. piece in its own. Yeah. Derailing, kind of getting <laughs> back on, on topic a little bit, but so go ahead. Well, yeah, so um, with the uh, museum in Spain allows guests to interact with them. And what we always say at Tinkering is like, even if we let our, 
we let our customers, our guests, teachers play with all the prints that we printed out. And we're like, don't worry if it breaks, we'll just print it again. Yeah. And yeah. I'm guessing in a museum's point of view, that's actually really reassuring. Instead of losing a million dollar piece of artifact, right? they probably lose a couple of cents. You would never in a million years touch the original yeah. thing in yeah. a museum. But and then it, it, I'm sure it'll be replicated to very similar to the real thing. Yeah. So yeah, this is one of those scenarios where you can actually have the actual thing, mm -hmm. you know, behind a glass cage yeah. right in front yeah. of you and you can lay out 10 different pieces yeah. to hand out to whoever is yeah. doing the tour or or there to yeah. see the exhibit mm -hmm. and for them to actually look at what it is that yeah. they see and feel what it is that yeah. is going to be mm -hmm. not a hundred percent, but yeah. very close, right? So it's like a 4D experience yeah. to a, a museum, right? Mm -hmm. Like we talked... A museum has typically been visual, very yeah, visual. visual. And maybe yeah. some of it is audio. And I've been to a, mm -hmm. a couple of museums where they add scent to it, where huh. you're, like, you're walking through like a rainforest. And yeah. I don't know how they put that in, but I'm, like mm -hmm. the scent is there. But this just adds another element of yeah. interactivity. And mm -hmm. in the world of changing landscapes and mm -hmm. businesses, museums are looking to evolve as yeah. well. Uh, give a better experience. Give mm -hmm. better experiences. This yeah. is a really great way of doing it. I was just... just wondering i don't know maybe maybe just trying to be play the devil's advocate yeah but would people actually be like oh i feel cheated because i'm not seeing the real thing i'm going to a museum to hmm. see like a million years of history old history but then now it's actually just a replica on, on the shelf yeah maybe maybe but I, I don't know and that's just... where i think a lot of the trial and error for the, i'm gonna call it the mm -hmm. business model yeah. needs to happen right so Let's just say you have like a, a, a one million year arrowhead yeah. uh, or whatever, stone carved arrowhead. Yeah. You probably wouldn't want to make that disappear into the back room and only show the replica. True. I mean, if it's up for restoration, yeah. then sure, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it's one of those scenarios where you should probably want, you should probably be able to see the real yeah. thing. But get to touch the replica kind of thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so in that way, like, yeah. are you cheated? No. Yeah, but... But At without the, the interactive time, yeah. part already there anyways, that would have been what you you would have experienced. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. Well, just wondering. I'm, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not that person, but. Like, I, I think, I think, I think some people may. Yeah. Um, but if done right, you mm -hmm. could, you could probably get a better experience than, mm -hmm. than a worse one, to be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um, so moving on from museums. Um, a lot of other museums are actually doing a lot of things with 3D printing as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, moving on, uh, more on site with like artifacts, history and stuff. Uh, there's been using 3D printing to be part of landmark restoration. Oh, fascinating. So essentially hmm. in the article I was reading, it was the 72 dragon sculptures at the Great Pagoda, I think. That's how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. And um, the wood was rotting away. So actually at the site, there was a lot of those dragon sculpture, which had either missing a head, missing detail, because it's just from um, wear and tear from right. nature, right? So a bunch of uh, restoration people actually took upon 3D printing, the SLS technology, mm -hmm. um, to create these new dragons, dragon heads to be replaced. There. Yeah. 
For those that do not know what an SLS technology is, yeah. it's the resin-based technology yes. that gives probably the highest fidelity end mm -hmm. result you can get out of yeah. a 3D print uh, right now in, in kind of all the landscapes mm -hmm. of technologies for, for additive manufacturing. Um, you know what's kind of really cool? We talked about this a little bit in the previous episode of preservation. Yeah. Uh, and preserving something digitally allows you to continue to replicate it yes. and replace it and yeah. fix it yeah. to the kind of the state of what it was when you took that mm -hmm. image. Um, a classic thing within the automotive industry is taking the designs of things that used to be made in mass volume, you yeah. know, like 1940s cars or whatever, yeah. and producing 10 offs or 100 mm -hmm. offs. This is, in a way, kind of similar. If you imagine, the, if you can kind of see yeah. it, right? So. If they can preserve the data, the mm -hmm. 3D data, at a point in which they can restore to that point, they can keep making very limited runs of yeah. these parts, which means if something breaks, you just replace it. Something breaks, yeah. you just replace it. At a certain point, if you replace too much of it, is it still the same part? Now, that's a different question altogether, <laughs> but preservation is one of those things that is pretty mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Um, even if you just leave something sitting there, it's going to have wear and tear. It's yes. going to break down. Yeah. Um, I think that's smart. I think that's absolutely mm. smart to do. And so, I mean, there's certain elements of this. The artifact printing, the guest yeah. handling of, yeah. of components. Well, those are all in the, in the hopes to preserve. Yes. For longer. Yeah. For, for you know, the actual physical item to mm -hmm. live past its potential yeah. breakdown date. Yeah. And so, I think that's a similar... Like, I think we're seeing a similar kind of uh, concept yeah. or approach. Well, it's all aimed to save the previous history, culture, yeah. um, so that doesn't die off this earth and we still know it existed. Yeah. I think that's a, an interesting use of it. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, what we do when we design something, we already have the digital blueprint. Yes. Whereas all these old artifacts, mm -hmm. they don't exist. Yes. Um, and so one of the only ways to do it is to, well, 3D scan it. Yeah. Um, if it's simple enough architectural or structural piece, mm -hmm. like a, a square thing, I guess yeah. you could cat that up. But mm -hmm. a lot of these, I'm, I'm assuming... These are ha probably hand-carved, hand um handmade and yeah. everything so it, it's a bit hard there is no blueprint yeah there is no <laughs> well the blueprint was in someone's head yeah but and and i think one of the things is a lot of these preservation and mm -hmm. capturing things they show the strength of another synergistic technology mm -hmm. 3d scanning yeah um 3d scanning well it's useful for us what we do mm -hmm. structural stuff can yeah. always be or mechanical stuff can always be redesigned in the digital yeah. cad side of things yeah when you don't when you have organic shapes mm -hmm. it is so difficult to do <laughs> yes uh and 3d scanning is great and we've seen some kind of consumer mm -hmm. grace 3d scanning technologies around yeah but those don't have the accuracy that we're talking about that these museums and uh, places are actually using. So yeah. they're using super high-end stuff yeah. to capture as much data De about the curve detail, as possible. Everything, yeah. So well, they want to make it as close to the original as possible. Yeah. So they're either bringing somebody in yeah. or they're bringing it to yeah. somebody. Yeah. One of probably bringing somebody, giving the 
of the actual mm -hmm. articles and artifacts that they're actually doing. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, I can't imagine them transporting this, you know, halfway around the globe. They no, probably... I think it's usually bring someone in. Yeah. Yeah. Makes they're sense. Risking it. <laughs> Why put it in more risk by shipping it out? Right. True. <laughs> true. Which, which Eugene already touched upon, which is great, uh, because our next was actually damage, recon, uh, damage construction, uh, reconstruction. Mm -hmm. So in that one is literally sculptures. Um, I believe the site that I'm going to about to show you, like right now, um, there's a sculpture of a head with a one half of their face like missing because it's broken. Right. And then afterwards, so they digitally scan the whole sculpture, and then afterwards they put it in a CAD, and then they digitally CAD the other side. Of the the missing, out. the missing part. Yeah, the missing part out, and then they just printed the missing part out, and and then they put it on. Did they mirror the face or did they kind of take a guesswork of what that? I think they took a guesswork. Okay. Um, I don't think that the article specifically says whether or not they guessed or they mirrored, mirrored it. it. Yeah. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and then afterwards they stuck it on. Um, I think the picture on the site is literally just the piece that's taken off directly from the 3D mm. printer. So it's white and it actually stands out very much. But I'm sure they're going to be post-processing it to make it more like the original. Right. With the wear and tear. And everything. Contemporary art sometimes has that contrast of old yeah. and new. So yeah. perhaps it's one of those as well. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. So then also, which next point is about reconstructing fossils. Uh, there's a huge project uh, that is actually rep uh, reprinting a mammoth fossil, apparently as the biggest in the world. Okay. Yeah. So I think they're also using SLS technology. Powder. Yes. Powder base. Okay. Uh, actually, plastic, SLS, powder, powder-based plastic. Yes. Okay. And just from from that, I, I think the mammoth tooth was like this big. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty big SLS machine. I mean, SLS yeah. we don't typically see in in, in that size. Yeah. You can imagine. Or I could be wrong. It something could be something, something yeah. that can print this big in SLS mm -hmm. yeah. is essentially the space that we're kind of sitting in. Yeah. I mean. Not quite that big, but you know, the bigger it gets, the bigger the machine gets. Yeah. Just like a printer that would print a house mm. yes. it needs to be bigger than the house. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, perhaps it's one of those where mm. it's it's using a novel material mm. that then gets mixed in, printed. Yeah. You know, clay, ceramics, whatever it may be. Yeah. But that's actually kind of interesting. Um, I guess the reason, again, probably is to probably preserve. Preserve. Right. It's either preserve the original mammoth fossil, or there are pieces that are missing and ah, the probably, fill in the blank. Yeah, fill in the blank. The digital reconstruction. Yeah, uh, that's actually an interesting. I never thought of that. Um, you know, typically you go and excavate, yeah. you find a fossil, and usually you don't find everything, right? And it's I don't actually know. Um, do you or do you not? I don't think you usually find everything. If any of you are archaeologists out there uh, that are watching this, yeah. we'd love to find out if if it's if you if you you know you you dig up yeah. something a T Rex or a yeah. mammoth, do you get everything? Because if you don't, then yeah, this technology makes a lot of sense to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Because like I've been to those dinosaur shows where yeah. it looks mostly whole, but I don't know what I'm looking at half the yeah. time. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, like a rib. 
What yeah. if like one is missing? Yeah. Or or if it's half broken, then they can kind of fill in the. Yeah, I mean, the then half. now you you won't. I guess they're still very scarce. Yeah. But I'm saying then there even if you're missing a chunk, you can still display this and just fill in the blank with a three D printer. Three D printer. Okay, that's kind of fascinating. I like that's that's a whole new level of using the technology <laughs> for for. I'm like, what is it? Is it is it preservation? No, it's it's filling in that blank. Yes. So a lot of the times that, we, we think yeah. about 3D printing, it's about preserving data, repeating mm -hmm. data, uh, have one part being able to make 10,000 yeah. parts, right? This is having no part. Yes. And filling in said part. I think yeah. you talked about the, the the last topic, which was you know the, the sculpture with the half missing yeah. face. It's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you don't. We don't find it, that in our. In, it's like, actually very fascinating, um, which just reminded me. Actually, I just it just came into my head. I believe, okay, Jurassic Park. Everyone knows that movie. Yeah. Inside that movie, they actually three D printed a piece of a raptor, uh, like a, a something in the raptor's head. Okay. Which then, if you, if he blew in it, it sounded like. The raptor oh, noises. Yeah, that, that I kind of remember the yeah. vocal cord or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that thing. Like without huh. 3D printers, you would never have thought how would they actually use the trachea or whatever yeah. to to do that. I mean, you wouldn't want to hand carve it. You yeah. don't even have the data. Yeah. Well, I guess they must have had the data. Uh, they, they must. They. I think they guessed because because uh, the only thing huh. that you can think about is if I get a pile of fossils yeah you, like you don't know which part is which well and here's an interesting thing so it's a bit of a detour from our topic yeah. right now uh about what you just said which is you can actually take ct scans uh-huh images of ct scans and you can actually print that out okay so you can put you and your like you can put yourself through a ct scanner yeah. you can extrapolate the data and you can print the, that data out. Mm -hmm. So you can go and get your brain scanned and you can print but your brain. But that's only if I'm, I'm like a live specimen, right? Yeah, I think. But for dinosaurs, they're, they're dead. I would imagine <laughs> you can kind of take a similar approach. Hmm. I mean, a, a good quality 3D scanner can probably get the job done yeah. as well. It would be a lot of work to get the, all the intricacies of, yeah. of, a, of a, um, like a trachea, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. But a 3D, I believe a CT scan, I mean, you wouldn't use a CT scan for that reason. Mm -hmm. You can still get the layers yeah. in machine. Yeah. Well, well, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. And that, that, that just popped into my head, <laughs> like, right huh. there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's actually kind of fascinating. Yeah. Move on, move on. Well, uh, the next, uh, next topic with using 3D printers and like uh, artifacts or paintings, um, mm. What they're doing is actually they're turning a 2D print, uh, 2D painting into a 3D painting. So imagine <laughs> the Mona Lisa having a it's 3D third dimension. Yeah, third dimension to it instead of 2D. I, I guess it'll lose the it's always looking at you effect. Yeah. But how would they get the 3D data? Do they extrapolate? Do they guesswork? Uh, I believe it's like making a lip of paint. Okay, so they're adding layers to yeah. the actual. Yeah. So, which is interesting approach, huh. but this is completely. I guess it's it's not even restoration or 
This is completely this, novel, yeah. right? This is just changing the way that a, an artifact, a painting, mm -hmm. something that is historical gets interpreted in modern times. Yeah. Um, I can feel some people getting offended by this. Like imagine Probably. a Mona Lisa 3D... Printed version. Lithopaint 3D textured, I'm going to call it that. Yeah. It'll be weird yeah it would <laughs> it may put some people off but for sure yeah. i think um mm -hmm. i think everyone is trying new ways to do things yeah. and if no one ever tries we'll never know yeah so i would like to see one like it, it, i don't know what a, what was starry night look like 3d uh i guess i i don't know it would I mean, probably be a couple bumps on the on a photo, you won't be able to tell much. Yeah. But if it's actually physically in front of you, I yeah. wonder if the experience would be totally different. I don't know. Maybe we'll see that. Maybe I'll seek one out or something. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll do an experiment with like a lithopane thing yeah. where we replicate something like that. And maybe yeah. I, huh. I'm not sure how it, how it work. Yeah, that that mm -hmm. maybe we'll do a bit of investigative digging into just. For my own curiosity and yeah. to see what that would look like. Because yeah. we know when you print a lithopane and when you just look at a lithopane, yeah. it looks it, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you uh, mess up and inverted it. Even, I mean, then it just looks like the actual photo. Yeah. Right? But, but just having 3D data over an image almost looks like nothing. Mm -hmm. And so we'll find out. We'll find out. It, it could become a trend in the future. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, we did see the, the 3D photos on Facebook and places like that become a trend. So yeah. 3D is becoming a thing of the future in yeah. terms of getting a better mm -hmm. experience. And this theme here is a better experience. Yeah. As much as it is preservation of articles and artifacts, it, it enhances someone's experience. experience. Um, and so if that experience changes, Mm -hmm. enhanced or other way around it's still a new experience so yeah. it's still a good idea mm -hmm. okay we just have uh two more points that we're actually going to take a look at for museum artifacts for last one uh one of the last ones we're looking at um using 3d scanners and 3d printers to replicate 18th century indigenous um tools hmm. uh, so they're actually scanning the original object and then afterwards um, 3D printing it, and then afterwards, you would think it's just for like display, but no, they're actually using these tools as like um, a way to go back and learn their heritage or their culture. How things were done in the yeah. days. Yeah. So they were actually they're actually trying out the tools. Yeah. Not so they're just, using oh, this tool cool. and they're going back to like the 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 tribe elders. Yeah. And then a asking them to teach them how, how it was it. these were used yeah well that's fascinating it's kind of like bringing back the, lo the lost art yeah it was like perfect yeah, i think it was like animal hide um tanning artifacts yeah. tools um like they printed it out well once uh well first of all it preserves the knowledge that it has a digital yeah. file um that's going to be on the internet forever second of all um for them they get to experience their culture and how their ancestors did it right um so, so that's pretty nice preservation like, of skill yeah. set now it's a totally yeah. different set of things and, yeah. i think it's a really great idea because mm. 
things are often lost in history. Yeah. Uh, as we get more modern and more efficient with building yeah. things, the olden days of doing things are lost. And yeah. sometimes it's good to know and preserve and pass that down. Mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely necessary. I mean, I mean it's even idea. sometimes modern technology may not produce the same result result as olden days methods. And yeah. if that is lost, then I guess you just never get those ever again. And this is a great way to bring that back. Yeah. As long as somebody who knows how to use the tool still exists. Yes, yes. So mm -hmm. better now than ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. They actually, other than the animal high tanning artifacts, they also used, used 3D printing to print like how they usually uh, made fishing spears back then, mm. tools, um, other tools, but uh, mostly animal high tanning tools. Fishing spears was just on the side. I yeah. think mostly yeah. she wanted to learn how to use the tool to tan animal hide. And I'm assuming that kind of technology was lost and brought back through this. Uh, yes, because so, she had to go back to one of her elders to right. to actually Learn. ask them to teach them how yeah. to use it. Yeah, yeah. Fact. She she actually wanted to get in touch with her culture or heritage as well. Right. Uh, so that's how she returning to the it. roots kind of system. Yeah. I mean, th this is all really fascinating because. Mm -hmm. I think we in modern mm -hmm. world thinks about pushing things forward as yeah. fast as possible. Efficiency, 3D yeah. printing. I mean, we work in events manufacturing yeah. for that yeah. reason. <laughs> um, but using this tool to go backwards yeah. and relearn some of the skill sets, this is actually the first time I've heard about that. So that's mm -hmm. actually kind of fast. It, yeah. This whole entire area of preservation yeah. and experience, experience yeah. is where I think the technology hasn't been typically looked at. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that mm -hmm. this is the place that it's doing that the most. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, you would, well, I, I wouldn't have thought about using it this way, but I think if, let's say there is a course that teaches you how to use tools or artifacts from olden like days, olden days, I think it'll, it'll be fascinating to actually learn how they did things and right. maybe make us feel were maybe a lot more lucky than than like there's some i'm sure there's some things that are a lot more convenient now i'm to, pretty to sure technology yeah um, yeah so it, it's it's a way to learn about the history yeah history courses whatever yeah. um but it's also kind of just an interesting way to tap into your roots if you are mm -hmm. wherever you're from yeah if you want to you know learn the, the olden day tools yeah. um there isn't there isn't any other way to do that. Yeah, so I, I think this is actually pretty fascinating that they're they're doing this. Sign me up. That's <laughs> yeah. all I would say. I mean, there are some things that yeah. uh, you know I think we can go back and and see how things were done yeah. and learn from those moments um, to make even today in yeah. an even better place. So uh, mm -hmm. whoever thought of that idea, props to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for the last point, is it's back to the original, uh, which is preservation. Mm -hmm. uh, especially, uh, essentially, Smithsonian's are working with indigenous tribes to actually bring in all the hats, the the, the garments, mm. the helmets that like chief used to wear, yep. and stuff like that. That maybe it's kind of lost its place in 
in modern times, um, they're actually asking them to bring it in and then they take a digital copy of it. Right. And then that would remain in the database forever. And even if the real thing gets destroyed or anything like that, it's lost, uh, they can actually replicate it. I can see that translating into the yeah. future digital space, yeah. you know, talking about VR for a second. Yeah. Uh, that has a lot of connotation and connectivity mm -hmm. there. And so absolutely, things in the physical world break all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, to have a catalog of the physical thing, yeah. I think it will change the way that we do things in the future. Yeah. Whether it be through 3D manufacturing technologies mm -hmm. or 3D visual technologies, VR, yeah. both has a place and 3D is right in the middle yeah. of all that. I mean, the, the whole point of this, this whole series is to show how much 3D printing is impacting our world, how much, uh, how, how big um, it will be, right? Like yeah. How, how our lives will change. Yeah, this one also goes into just the world of 3D in general too, yeah. because of 3D scanning, 3D cataloging, 3D mm -hmm. digital files, yeah. um, and just, it's what the 3D printing industry is about. It's yeah. not actually just about the hardware. Yeah. It's also about all the revolving technologies that are there, which yeah. is everything that I just mentioned, yeah. uh, and more. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's actually kind of cool. I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, second life, call it that. Yeah. Uh, VR is going to be around. It's mm -hmm. not here now in full adoption, but it's yeah. going to be. Just almost like 3D printing is here now. Yeah. It's not in full adoption, but I think it will be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, especially after everything that has happened this year in 2020, I'm pretty sure. 3D printing is going to play a larger part in society. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, um, that's everything we have today. So um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Um, before that, remember to subscribe with the button down there and also click the bell button uh, to always get a notification every time we release a new uh, episode. And you can also listen to this on Spotify and Anchor as a podcast. And... That's everything. Yeah. I yeah. guess we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. See ya. Bye.